0: Well, it's deadline week, and the Rockets are on the clock, or at least on the phone, or maybe they're not. Uh, I'm a little bit wary about what's to come. This is Jonathan Fagan, as always, with Danielle Lerner, and as we speak, we're about 50 hours from the deadline, 2 p.m. Thursday. The buzzer goes off. Will the Rockets make a move? I, you know, I think I know people expect that they will. They always do, but I think it's a lot more complicated. I am still not confident they will get anything big done, and a lot of the small shuffling, I'm not so sure that'll happen, Uh, which would be, I think people would be very disappointed if there's not something substantial done by the deadline this week. To me, the biggest reason to think there will be, there always is. Other than that, I just – things are not going well in that regard in terms of the rumors that I'm hearing, the speculation that I'm hearing. The thing that we'll have to see if it changes, does someone get desperate to make a move and turn to the rockets to get that done? What do you think, Danielle? Do they do it?
1: I mean, I, I I, could go either way at this point, but I think as you have said, if they don't do anything, it's because they are negotiating right now, not from a place of desperation. They, I know people will be disappointed if nothing happens, but the Rockets feel like they don't need to do anything. So, you know, keep that in mind that I don't think they're going around begging anyone for deals at this point, but it is crunch time and things change rapidly.
0: Well, that's the thing. And as you point out, you think, well, they're really bad. They should be desperate. Uh, Well, they don't have the two factors that make a a team desperate. They're not good enough to need one more piece or to try and get in the playoffs. The Pelicans made a really good move to get C.J. McCollum, who fits their need. They needed a shooter in the backcourt badly. And so they made a move to do that. Well, now they're a solid play-in team, maybe even better than that. If, if Zion Williamson ever gets back, certainly they expect to be better than that. The Rockets are not in that situation. Other teams have expiring contracts. Move them before you lose them. The Rockets aren't that. At the time of, of the Pacers deal with the Cavaliers, the Pacers who were very much open for business at the trade deadline, sending Karis Levert. To Cleveland for a first round pick and a future, and the second round pick that Cleveland got from the Rockets. I was hearing again the Rockets, that's not a deal they would want for Eric Gordon. They don't want this year's first round pick, a late first round pick at that, you know, last third of the first round, and certainly not even later, 25 to 30. They've got four rookies, for draft picks from last year. They've got two more picks in this year's draft. They are really prioritizing getting a future pick down the road. Uh, a pick that would fit into one of the years they lose their own picks to Oklahoma City would be ideal. A pick that fits into one of the years that they themselves hope to be better uh, and where they're not drafting in the top 10. Uh, they hope that's happening not next year, but the year after that, when the first of the Oklahoma City picks. That, that shrinks the pool a lot. There's teams that might be willing to do an Eric Gordon deal, maybe even for a first-round pick this year, when they know kind of where they'll be in the draft, to say, okay, down the road, when maybe we're not so good, unless you put in too much protection to where the Rockets wouldn't want it, it, it makes it really hard to get a deal or to not just say, we'll try again in the summer. All that said, I just feel like people would be so disappointed if two ten comes and if the trade deadline comes and goes and no one on the Rockets is coming or going, I don't think people are going to be too happy.
1: But you know, speaking of picks, the other deal that Rockets fans may have their eye on is what happens with James Harden on the Nets, Um, because, of course, those picks that the Rockets have would increase in value if Harden left the Nets and the Nets took a nosedive, even more of a nosedive than they have been currently taking over the last few weeks. And, you know, Steve Nash says, oh, Harden's not going anywhere. Of course, we know that doesn't really mean too much right now. So uh, I think people are kind of keeping an eye on that in Houston as well.
0: Yeah, it's interesting. I I talked to people that day about why he would say that. And, you know, these are not individuals who are talking directly to the Nets or to Steve Nash, but a lot of conjecture began. And did he say that? Because he truly believes he's not going anywhere. And there haven't been a great deal of talks uh, with Philadelphia. There wouldn't be a reason to. Everybody knows what the other has and would do and so on. But did he say it either because he knows that's not going to happen, because he wants to put it out there, because the odds are still against it, even if there's a chance, It's a, a, as with an Eric Gordon deal. Uh, the odds are against it, but there's a chance. Well, that might be the case, or a Harden deal, but there's still a chance. Or is it a message to James Harden that, look, you're not going anywhere. Just jump in. This is it. Make this work. Uh, there was some conjecture. That's what it was. There's some questions over whether Harden, you know, could be finding a way onto the court the way he always had in Houston, uh, where he's been sitting out with, with the tight hamstring situation. Uh I don't know. I I don't think that's real likely for several reasons. I think both teams are trying to treat the other as if they have to make a deal where the Nets are saying, we don't have to trade James Harden. We're still all in for this year. The Sixers are saying, we don't have to trade Ben Simmons. We have him for years. We'll try again in the summer. If neither budges, probably no deal. But you're right. The Rockets are definitely interested because anything that hurts the Nets long term is good for them, but if they if Harden is going to walk, they're going to as a free agent they're going to get something back. And nobody has that kind of cap room. Does that put the Mets? Kevin Durant makes a team a forty three to forty eight winning team no matter who he plays with. That's not that great a pick. I think the Rockets would rather have them completely fall apart somehow. You know that that's what you really hope. Ben Simmons and and Others with that group, uh, with Durant, they're not terrible. They're not falling apart. Uh, So I don't even know what's best for the Rockets, except for this year. To have Harden go somewhere this year would be pretty good. It's funny, right now they're sitting at 18. The draft pick the Rockets would get from the Nets is the 18th pick. That's exactly where the Rockets would have been last year, had they not done well in the lottery had they had to have the pick exchange with Oklahoma City. So they, they could be redoing the one that they didn't have to do. But yeah, and, and that's going to drive it. A lot of the conversation is going to be driven by whatever happens in, and interest in whatever happens in Brooklyn and Philadelphia with two guys who at the moment aren't playing. James Harden is questionable to play tonight. The other one is Russell Westbrook, you know, that's just not working. They, they had to bench him to get a win against the Knicks the other night. Do so they bench him permanently? It, I don't know that they're willing to do John Wall and start that experiment again. John Wall is much more pliable than Russell Westbrook, who isn't pliable at all. And he can really only play well with the ball in his hands. Well, you want the ball in LeBron James's hands. So that fit hasn't worked real well. If you're the Lakers, you're absolutely an all-in team. Do you put the 2027 pick unprotected in a deal to get the Rockets to take Russell Westbrook?
1: I mean, I think that would be certainly an interesting scenario. And you kind of touched on the thing I was going to ask you about next, which is John Wall. And if you think he needs to still wait until the offseason to find a new home, or if that could be coming this week.
0: That was the least likely of the guys, Christian Wood, Eric Gordon, John Wall, the least likely of those three to be dealt as John Wall. Uh, there's, There was talk. I put this in my story the other day. There was something working with an Eastern Conference team. It would have needed a third team to get involved uh, for John Wall, a team that was interested, and that has is gone. It's just not going to happen. And I never could figure out who that was. But there was some momentum about two weeks ago, and that's gone. So people can go ahead and speculate and have fun with that. But it's just not happening. I don't think that's going to happen. Hey, the Rockets don't hate holding on to John Wall. If there's a need for sign-and-trade moves, hey, James Harden wants back. You know, when Tillman Fertitta said that he was going to retire James Harden's number, he didn't say, so James can never wear it either. He just said other people wouldn't wear number 13. I don't think that's very likely. He left because he wants to be on a contender and the Rockets are not that. But holding onto John Wall as something in a sign and trade makes more sense than buying him out. I don't see a lot happening unless the Lakers make that kind of huge move the one that makes sense for the Lakers is do what you have to, including the 2027 20, pick for Eric Gordon. If you can get him where we've talked a lot about Eric Gordon fits with anybody, uh, you know, he but he certainly fits with their needs. Another shooter uh, uh, right away, you know, the best defensive wing on the team right away. He's, you know, LeBron can be when he wants to be, but play after play, game after game that he plays. Eric Gordon absolutely upgrades a defense that needs it. Uh, and we're now scenario. If if I'm Rob Palenka, that's all right. If I'm giving up my 2027 first-round pick, which is down the road, so obviously the Rockets like it better. LeBron James by then will be 42, so he might be starting to slow down a little bit, maybe at 42, one would think. I would interest the Rockets if you're going to do an Eric Gordon deal, and it makes a lot of sense for the Lakers. And then you try and make it work with Russell Westbrook a little longer, and you don't hate benching Westbrook as much as now. It's a big deal. Uh, I don't know. It's a hard thing. And the other thing you don't know... Knowing the dynamics of, of the Lakers right now, all right, Westbrook reacted to getting benched the second time much better than the first time. But if they make a habit out of it, if they do it in the playoffs, is that disruptive? Is that a problem? Uh, something else they have to consider, and that's where they know more than you know. They know how he's thinking and, and how he's liable to react if that happens. Well, that was a bad trade for them. <laughs> And then the other thing is there are other wings. There's other shooters out there. You know, they can revisit the Buddy Heald idea. Harrison Barnes seems in play. Jeremy Grant doesn't really fit as well, but he seems to be in play. Uh, There's some guys out there that can help. The fact that C.J. McCollum got, you know, trading C.J. McCollum got a protected first round pick. This year, probably will fall into that eighteen range uh, that we were talking about before. Does that help set the market on Gordon? Is that something that the Rockets say, "Look, I need that, but I also need it down the road. I don't want it this year." I mean, that I don't know if Gordon does as well as CJ McCollum, although he's a little bit older too. He's not, you know, just a growing young player anymore. I don't know. I think that's something else to watch. But I I do, I go back to what we were saying before. I think Rocket fans are disappointed. If if Gordon is on the team, in many cases, because for him, people view it as it would be good for him. I don't know that he feels that way so much. I think he'd rather, he'd be happy to stay. He's made Houston his home. And that matters to him. Uh, Speaking of which, that brings you to the other veterans on the team. I don't know that there's much of a market for Nawaba, Tyson, Augustine, but if you can move them, uh, now Augustine's different, and that's why I said made Houston is home, reminded me of the other veterans. But if you can move Tyson, and Nawaba, who are not playing at all, don't you need to do it? Even if you think, okay, but if down the road we move Gordon and Wood, obviously if they move them now, there might be more minutes for Tyson. And Nawaba. But even if you're thinking maybe down the road we move them, well, then Tice is good to have. He starts playing again. Yeah, but you got those two first round picks coming in this year. You're going to need more roster spots and you're probably bringing something back for Wood and Gordon. I think if they can move them, that's the most likely scenario, even though the Rockets seem pretty ambivalent about it
1: you've got to think that those guys, you know, being veterans, they understand the position that they're in. They understand, you know, they're not getting minutes right now and it kind of there's a lot of moving pieces around the trade deadline and I think they understand that if the Rockets can get a deal that they feel is worth it that they're kind of on the chopping block. Um I don't think that they are naive about that, but again, it has to be worth it. You're not going to get rid of guys, even guys who aren't playing to get virtually nothing in return. But I don't know that that many teams need guys who haven't played in weeks.
0: We are just throwing cold water on all of this, aren't we? We're just killing this. It, you know, they, you make a good point. You're not getting much, and so why do it? You know, the Rockets like them. They, you know, they, they're the team that signed them as free agents, and they're not getting much. Nobody's bailing out the Rockets to say, all right, you've got these veterans here under long-term contracts that you don't have use for. We'll help you out. So, okay. And then Augustine, I don't even know if he wants to go anywhere. You know, if if he just wants to finish his career in Houston to where even if he got traded, unless a team picked up his option for next year, which seems unlikely, to just move out of town for two months, does he want to do that? Uh, Or would he just say, all right, that's a wrap? And so if we're now saying the reasons that Tice deal, Nawaba deal, Augustine deal, Gordon deal won't get done. That brings us to Christian Wood. And I think that one's a little better chance than Gordon, even though it would seem like it ought to be the other way around. I don't think there's a real great chance on that one either. And I know he wants to stay. This is where he wants to be, Uh, which is interesting because, you know, he only has one more year on his contract and the Rockets are not looking like any kind of even playoff contender during the time of his contract. And if he's looking for a big next contract, it's not just numbers. You need to be viewed as a guy who wins to get those numbers. Uh, but he wants to he wants to stay in Houston. He he made a point to me the other day that he's talked to Patrick Fertitta, Tillman Fertita, Rafael Stone, Steven Silas, me. I'm sure he's stopping people at the HEB and letting them know he, he'd like to stay. And, and I think that also influences the Rockets a little bit. But, uh, you know, I, I, uh, it's got to be something that's going to happen. I don't think it's Jay Tate. You don't know what nobody...
1: There is something to be said, I think, for a guy who wants yeah, to be guys. here. Obviously, the Rockets have had guys in these last few years who have made it very clear they do not want to be here. So, you know, Christian Wood making that known, that's not necessarily going to stop. Anything from happening if there was a, a really great deal that came to light, but I think that that's a value to to the Rockets at this point. And as we've said before, Christian Wood is kind of on on the edge where he's he's young enough that he still hasn't you know reached reached his peak necessarily, and he's able to relate with all of these other young guys that the Rockets have in. But he is experienced enough um, and good enough that he can be one of the leaders on this team and and be one of their best players and has been one of their best players for large chunks of this season.
0: When Steven Silas told me the day before the Cleveland game, he's going to start playing the two centers together again, that he needs more data on it. And Cleveland's big lineup was an opening to do that. And he liked it and went okay that game. They won that game. So he did it again in San Antonio, even though they do not play bigs together. Then he did it again in the New Orleans game. All right. Some of it is circumstances. Matchups against teams with two bigs together or Eric Gordon being out of the first New Orleans game, probably again tonight being out. Were the Rockets trying to get a look at that before the trade deadline? Let's see how these guys play together. I don't think so, but maybe it doesn't hurt. Of course, it didn't go very well. The offensive rating was horrid when they were on the court together, although I don't think it had anything to do with them being on the court together. I think like early in the game, Jay Sean Tate had some drives worn out on him, rimmed off, that he made later in the game. I don't think he missed those drives over the same people because there were tall people on the court with him. So if, a small sample size of one game, 13 minutes, isn't really much data. But I don't know. I do wonder if they wanted to get a look at that before the trade deadline. You know, I think there's got to be teams that are interested in Christian Wood. We heard Miami, but I think they're more likely to do something like that young, a guy who fits their style. You might, if you're Miami, say, look, our defense is so good and we are so disciplined that Christian Wood could defend better with us than in other places. But on the other hand, the Miami way of doing things is typically to get guys who already play the way they do. And, and so you kind of wonder about Thaddeus Young from from the Spurs for them. you got to think there's some interest in Christian Wood for really good teams. A Charlotte where he could step in and be part of that great offense, although he would be half a game guy there. I, I don't know that he'd be playing 32 minutes, which does lower the... The offer. Uh, I don't know. I just think there's a lot, like everything else with the Rockets, everything seems to be on hold for a future season. The trade deadline seems to be falling into that. And I know people are certainly expecting major moves out of them. It won't be a surprise if Eric Gordon or Christian Wood or anybody else gets moved. But Right now, it's sure, the odds are against it for a lot of reasons and everything. I have not heard anything outside or inside that differs with that, that what they're looking for is hard to get, the relatively unprotected or completely unprotected down the road pick. The other thing they're not real interested in, but this is the one I wonder if changes on the deadline, the guy early, like Nikhil Alexander-Walker got traded in in the McCullum deal today the guy who's still in his rookie contract hasn't panned out. Will he do better in his next the lottery pick? You know, the, Like when the Rockets traded all those years ago for Terrence Williams or Jordan Hill, when they were getting guys all from that draft who hadn't panned out, still in their first contract. I mentioned Nikhil Alexander-Walker, who's in that now. They're not looking for that either. Because again, you go back to... The the four rookies, Ken Porter Jr., KJ Martin, even Jay Chantey, who's not a young kid anymore at twenty-six, but he's in his second year. Two more first round picks coming in next year. You know, I don't know that they want another guy in his first or second year, or would prioritize that over a pick five years from now.
1: Yeah, that's uh that's a lot of teaching for that staff to do. Um, so I I think you're right. I think that adding more young guys to the mix uh, is probably not what they are looking for. But I didn't want to, this was a better segue like two minutes ago, but you were on a roll, so I didn't want to stop you. Babble. <laughs> you wrote a story the, the other day about Shangun uh, going to dream school.
0: Uh, I made a big point and it probably belabored the point a little. It's introductory classes, things like that. Are marginal advantage or help if you just do it once. It's got to be one of those things where you work on it, work on it, work on it. Uh, and it gets so advanced. The Akeem way was counters, a counter move for whatever you do defensively. It's So it's not one thing I can show you and you can just now do it and apply it. That's the kind of thing that would need a lot more work. But Alperen Şengün does seem to be the sort of guy who might be able to use some of that stuff. He's going to have to become a better mid-range shooter at a time when that's the shot least valued in the NBA, as opposed to when Akeem did it, everything was different. Everything was inside out. But that was part of the. I mean, the dream shake was to get a mid-range shot. Now, it was also, it was a counter and everything was based off of, of drop-step jump hook, and then counter. Those are the things that Alpi would seem to be able to apply. Uh, but of course, if he's going to be taking five threes a game, that's very removed from the Akeem way also. Uh, you know, he they did post up Alpi, and they'd like him to be such a threat that he draws double teams because he is such a good passer, has such a good feeling for passing. Uh, it's something to watch, but it's always good when he can – or any of the guys can meet with a guy like Akeem, or even his conversation with Chuck Hayes about playing against really big, strong guys. Uh, the other story that I did the other day, I think that's something also to watch. The tra- off-season training that the Rockets have in mind for the rookies and how much they need it. That, that, that People forget they're 19 years old. These are guys who are going to change. And they could use it. They need to get stronger. Even the guys who are sturdier looking like Garuba and Josh Christopher, having greater strength and absolutely Alper and Shingun needs to get a lot stronger. In fact, it was his comment that made me think of the story where he said, yeah, he needs to get a lot bigger and stronger to go against big people. Uh, so that, I think that's something that also will factor into what the rockets look like in the future, maybe even more than the trade deadline. I don't know that the next couple of games will factor in much at all. Uh, we get the Pelic- Pelicans tonight in a rematch as they wait for CJ McComb, and then the really hot Toronto Raptors in the second half of back-to-back for them in another rookie showdown. Jalen Green and uh, Jalen Green and Scotty Barnes. Uh, so some things to watch, but I know everybody else is interested in something that'll be done by 2 p.m. on Thursday. And so we'll talk about it all again next week. I think there'll be something to talk about. I, I know we doused cold water all over it all, but I, I, there will be a trade. I'll be shocked if the Rockets don't do something, even though the odds are against any one thing. Something will happen. I'm betting. Not Eric Gordon. He'll be still in Houston against the Raptors Thursday night. Got to think one of the veterans will be moving. Uh, But we'll talk about it again next Tuesday. For Danielle Lerner, I'm Jonathan Fagan. Thanks for being with us. Get your podcasts wherever you get your podcasts, Texas Sports Nation. And we're real happy that you joined us. A lot more to talk about next week. Please come back with us then.